put up clips of uh, on show? with with yeah on the show oh, with yeah. sound. Y'all, I'm lit. This is about to be a really good or really bad episode, and I don't know which one it's going to be yet. Well, let's find out. Going live in five, oh man! Oh, I didn't four, know it was gonna be this soon. I didn't either. Oh damn! You should have gave us a little more warning on this. All right, let's get it together, Jake. Let's get it together. Let's get it together. Let's get it together, and we're live on the Man Up Podcast right here on the Mississippi Superman Show. With me as normal ish is my homeboy Wesley, the Assassin Dunham. That's right. What's up, man? How you doing today? Good. I am uh, I'm pretty stoked. I was saying before, I've got a feeling today is either going to be a really good episode or this could be the worst episode we've ever done. I don't think so. I think it's going to be good. I think, I don't, I'm just saying, it's gonna. I've got a feeling today is going to be one or the other. We're about to go one way or the other super hard. I'm going to say it's going to happen in the first 15 minutes of the podcast. We're going good because it's, it's the only way it can go. Strong start. Because the weather's bad. It's raining. So you got to be inside, mm-hmm. right? Easter's here. We Easter's here. Lots of we're gonna eat all kinds of candy. What are you doing for Easter? Hunting eggs. Where? Wherever the Easter Bunny lays them. Oh, like at your house though? No, we'll, we were supposed to have it at the church this morning, but we okay. didn't go. So you ain't gonna be hunting no eggs because it rained. <laughs> so you lied. <laughs> Kids will be hunting eggs. Were you really gonna be hunting eggs? No, I wasn't. So tomorrow, who's gonna be? Are your kids gonna be hunting eggs tomorrow? Oh yeah, they will. Yeah, you were going to before if it wasn't gonna rain. They were gonna do it at the church today outside. Okay, okay, but they didn't do it because of the rain, right? So yeah. now they moved it to tomorrow. No, they still did it indoors, but we just didn't go. Bro, you are blowing my mind right now. Okay, okay, tomorrow. No, tomorrow's gonna be at the house. At a, uh, my, there we go. At a, it's not at my house. We're going to my we, sister-in-law's house. There we go. So you're yeah. going to your sister-in-law. That was yeah. the original question is, where okay, are you going to be next tomorrow? I was confused. And then, so tomorrow, <laughs> y'all are going to go to your sister-in-law's house yep. and hunt eggs. Yep. There we go. Okay, we're down to the, we're down to the nitty-gritty yeah, on it now. It. We're getting it. Uh, we're getting it. I think we're going to go to church. I don't know if we're going to hunt no eggs or not. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I think the, the, the egg hunt we were going to do, they had at my parents' church. They did that. The weekend I had to be a pallbearer for my uncle. Mm. I don't know if I've had a podcast since that happened. So my uncle was involved in a car accident, and my great uncle. Yeah. And so we were supposed to go hunt eggs, but then he was in that car accident, and so they did the funeral the same day mm. that that was going on. So that kind of put that out. And yeah. then I don't know what the plan is tomorrow. If we have anywhere we're going to go hunt eggs, we we went to my parents' house last week though, and they hunted eggs at my parents' house, but it wasn't. Uh, you know, it wasn't uh, wasn't that many. You know, yeah. it, just, it was just my two kids. You know. see, it'll just be my my son and I guess my nephew because my daughter she's too old to hunt eggs now. Yeah, I mean she could, but yeah, it's kind of weird at that age. She's thirteen. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of weird. If you're not helping like a, a little kid, yeah, you know, like oh, I'm gonna take this little kid and we're gonna go hunt eggs together. But you yeah. can do that, yeah, you know, for the rest of your life. But yeah, what's the age where you have to stop hunting eggs? And what and and. The Easter Bunny gonna stop bringing you a basket. There's nobody that believes in the Easter Bunny that's listening to this podcast. Oh, so what age do you think? If you if you are, then your parents need some help. Like they should. I would be think it, like where she's at now, around thirteen. Yeah, I'd say like eleven. Yeah, 
I'd say 11. I think I got stopped getting an Easter basket at like 7 or 8. Yeah. And then I never got – I didn't get any more after that. I think that's an appropriate age, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that's an appropriate age. Yeah. So that's all going on this weekend. I was going to prep for the podcast today, and I got to thinking – I only have enough time to either work out or prep for the podcast and get some st- material together. And so I just decided to go work out. And so that's uh That's always good. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't I don't usually prep either though. So I felt like that was that was okay. Like I've never prepped, probably prepped for this podcast three times. Like done some l- a little bit of research and mm-hmm. you know. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's how I do it. I probably should uh you know, maybe lay out some groundwork, but kind of defeats the purpose of the podcast for me. Yeah. You know, you can kind of chase whatever rabbits you want to chase. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, because you, I mean, you can go several topics in. We, yeah, we tried that before though, and and went off on different topics than what we're even planning. Right. It didn't even yeah. didn't even work out that we were even yeah doing it. Yeah. It's uh, so the uh, so the stuff of your fight's coming along good. Yep. Good. It is. Nice. Relentless Fighting Championships, baby, May 21st. I'm, May the, the fight cards come together, and we got with a uh, a new sponsor, and uh, we worked out a deal. We So we're kind of partnering up a little bit with Apex Marketing. And so now the we're going to make this announcement later, but they're going to be – it will be live streamed yeah. to our website. They're going to build us a website. You'll be able to buy tickets on the website. You'll be able to – I will be able to sell merch off the website, all that stuff. And then um, they'll, we'll live stream it to our website. That's gonna be cool, and uh, so you can get on there and do a little, do a little. We're gonna do a little pay per view, and you, if you can't make it to the fights now, you can pay for the pay per view and watch it live. Right, that's cool. Probably won't put. I was gonna put all of them up after, like individually, but and I still might do that, but it'll it'll be a little bit longer. Yeah, for me to do that now, yeah. like I'm not gonna get in a big hurry about uploading them individually. I'm excited about it. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, I've got to find a main event. My main event backed out. I need a 135-pound pro for a 1-0. January, um, I'm sorry, May 21st. So. Oh, he backed out? I didn't know that. Yeah. Man. Yeah, he kind of he ghosted me. Um, so I've, now I've got to uh, I got to find a replacement for him. Um, now I've also got to find a boxing match for Allen because mm-hmm. Allen's boxing on it now. Got to find somebody for him to fight. And then um, he's got a heavyweight I still need to match. I've still got um, – Still got a couple, and then I've got a fifteen-pound female. So, if you're a fighter, you're trying to fight on these dates. Get at it. Get at me. Yes. Yeah, uh, about five I'm, and a half weeks out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, about five, yeah. yeah. We're about six weeks out. Yeah, something like that. Wouldn't be five and a half because today is Saturday, so it'd be five. Yeah, that's right. Or because it's exactly it's mm-hmm. an exact amount of weeks until because we're I mean it'll be, this will be day of. Still plenty yeah. of time. I, I've learned yeah. also like with the promotion like i have a like a need to be doing something new a lot mm-hmm. like kind of feel like i'm moving forward because i've been like so much more chilled out and had so much more fun with this stress of fight matching this fight card and like having a grind and get this thing going it's like the most fun i've had in a really long time really? so i'm i'm really enjoying like the hectic like stressful i know that i'll come week of i'll probably be over it but I like having something to kind of work on, mm-hmm. you know, something new, like something to create. Like, I, like once I got everything kind of set up here and got level things set up where I didn't have, you know, I'm just kind of doing things I want to do or whatever. Um, I still have a lot to do every day, but 
it's not really moving forward things. It's just kind of like maintenance, mm-hmm. some management, tax stuff, whatever, like little stuff like that. And uh, I just got to where I didn't really enjoy it. And I love owning the gym. I love running the gym. But there's something like I've got to be stressed. I've got to have a little bit of like i got to feel like I'm moving to something new. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's something that everybody feels at some point, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, because when you can, well, even when when you complete like little tasks, it's a good feeling because right. you, you've completed something, finished something. It's it, like little challenges, but, it, but something moving moving you forward. Right. Like I think it's. I think people need to be working on like if you're if you don't have like something you're working toward, like moving forward into because like there's a there's a dynamic that makes us us humor human not humor human. <laughs> I, it's a weird dynamic because humans their base mind is telling them their like most primal aspect of their mind is telling them that to only do just enough like just survive like just do just enough so you you can survive because that's the mentality of every other animal in the entire animal kingdom Mm -hmm. in the entire animal kingdom there is no other animal that ever tries to do more than is needed to survive and move forward and to give something some like something for someone to build on yeah no no other species does that like they don't have the the hunger for growth that mm-hmm. humans do and that's pretty much i feel like what makes us human that's what makes you a person is that need for growth that need for for new challenges that need for to push forward mm-hmm. right because no other animal has it no other animal um, which is what makes us the most dominant animal is like we give each other things to build on, which allows us to create culture and civilization and infrastructure and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And so, um, yeah, it's just kind of weird. to it's, it's weird to think about because I think different people need different levels of each. You know what I mean? I think yeah. some people like what makes someone like a high achiever is someone who like, their their scale is tipped more in one direction than the other. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm more motivated by pushing forward and moving and, um, like growth than I am by rest. Like I'm not just gonna go out and get enough food for me to eat today and enough water for me to eat drink today and then somewhere to like dry to lay down mm-hmm. tonight. Like, cause that's like what would I have to do? But I want to do more than that. Yeah. You know, and so. Like when you when you tip the scale, some people's scales I think are way tipped one direction on like the primal versus like human like mind chart. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that people that don't push and want more are like less human. It just means one's more important to them. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, it's rewarding too, though. Like you say, when you keep completing and your scale keeps tipping, it, you get that feel good feeling. So you I think, keep going. Yeah, I think some people just are like. Like can't go without it though, right, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, More yeah. so than others. Yeah. Like I've got to, I've got to be fine in the next thing. Um, and I think some people just don't don't have that. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because there's something to be said for just enjoying your being happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, enjoying your life. Yeah. Um, and so if you if you're completely happy with your situation, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, but I have found that if I ever if I find myself in a rut the rut is mental based on non-progression. Like, it's not that I need a vacation most of the time. Like, I'll be like, oh, man, I need a vacation. No, yeah. I don't need a vacation. I need to move forward. 
I need to feel like I'm going somewhere. You know what yeah, I mean? Like a new challenge, and then you like a personal challenge. Yeah, you don't need a, you don't need a. Um, if you feel like you're going somewhere, you don't need a vacation. Mm-hmm. You don't need a break. You don't need you right. don't need weekends because you're you're moving towards something. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Some people actually do need those vacations and breaks and weekends. Some people that's not, but that's not the real issue. The root of the problem is you're not working on something that you're like passionate about. You're not working on forward and into something, and so it doesn't matter what you. Doesn't matter like if you get ten weeks rest, you're gonna come back and be like immediately burned out again because mm-hmm. it doesn't inspire you. It doesn't make you want to keep going. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And some people just kind of have that have that switch in their brain where you know it's not a. I don't really think it's necessarily a good or a bad thing. It just I think it's what defines a what is humanity, and then also b the next level of that what is a high achiever? Or, mm-hmm. You know, somebody who you know, goes beyond what's expected. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, uh, and it, it kind of sounds like you would, you're thinking like, well, I'm better than other people because I'm, you know, more of a high achiever. And I don't know if that's really true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you're necessarily better. I think in some ways you might actually be worse because it's going to be harder for you to be happy in any given moment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you're so like chasing that next, next thing but it, but you've got to be mo- going somewhere you know you've got to yeah. be moving forward or you're just not going to be and i think that those are also the people that people want to follow because people that are like have to move forward in order to lead somebody you've got to be going somewhere right yeah. you can't lead lead people to stand still mm-hmm. like all right guys i'm going to motivate you guys to everybody just keep doing what you're doing keep it up guys that's why it's so hard to instill um instill um like motivation into like corporations and stuff i think it's really hard to go in and manage people that work for corporations because your job as a manager is to is to you know get more and more and more but like people feel like they're just they're not moving up with the company they're mm-hmm. just they're just here and the company's kind of doing its own thing and this is where you'll be for the rest of your life and i don't think humans are wired to want to do that yeah. you know what i mean like like if i'm if we're succeeding let's succeed as a group let's right, yeah. you know what i mean but you can't lead people and stand still. If you're not bringing up everybody else with you, you're not really leading. Yeah. You know, so it's really hard. Like, yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter how good of a leader you are. You can't lead if you're not moving forward. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, here, follow me, and I'm just going to stand right here. It doesn't even make sense. When you think of the concept of what a leader is, mm-hmm. if you're not moving forward, people can't follow you, you know? Yeah, and then you get stagnant, and it just doesn't work. Because you, they don't love you. They love, they love where you're going to take them. That's what a follower is. Right. You know, they, they love you because of what you where you're going to take them. You know, so they're like, I'm willing to work harder and do more because I believe that you're going to take me, mm-hmm. you know, forward. You know. Yeah, I um, yeah, I agree 100 percent with that. It's a, it's a. I don't. I've never okay. even thought about it like that before. Yeah, but it um, also like. For yourself, though, it's giving you that happiness too, though. Mm-hmm. So that um that is good in its own run. I mean, its own my own right. You know, you're saying it makes you feel good that you're right. having these little stress like accomplishing right. these stress things. So for your personal health, that that right there is good. Yeah, for sure. Because like I was having like like I'm way more stressed when I don't have anything to do. That's what I right, started yeah. noticing. Like the the peak of my stress during the day was at about like four or three thirty four o'clock and so the way i worked my day out was i come in 
usually come in about eight and I'll go work out, lift, or I'll, I'll come into at eight, work for an hour, then go lift. Cause it's hard for me to just go straight mm-hmm. as soon as I get up and go lift. So I'll work for an hour till nine, go lift till, you know, 10, whatever, work out anyway. And then I would work throughout the day and just kind of completing check mark tasks and I would get to the end of my day and I was pretty much through everything that I could do because I had to think about like I needed to be out here teaching or whatever. So I'm pretty much through everything I could do and I didn't have a class to teach for a couple hours. And dude, I would have panic attacks. I would have like full blown panic attacks mm-hmm. because I, I was like, oh my God, well, I got to hide. I don't want to be in here and I don't want to really talk to anybody. And I'm just like, what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? And I didn't have anything to do. And if I don't have something to do, I will like... Oh, my, my heart will beat out of my chest. Yeah. I feel like super stressed out. So that's when you're doing this now, with stuff with your yeah. Butt, now, now there's so much to do. Yeah. Like there's no way I can. I'm at, at this moment like going to get everything done that I have mm-hmm. to get done that day and in, in, in that day. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. more to do for me to to do during the day sometimes. Um, and so like I'm ha- I'm just like going the whole time, and I don't yeah. have to like sit there and like play a game on my phone or anything to pass the time. It's never standing still. <laughs> right. Do you right. um? So these you that plan low, on? By the way, shout out. You plan on putting how many? Doing what three or four shows a year? Um, we'll see. Uh, I'm, one thing about okay, putting okay. on shows around here is you have to plan around. I got to plan around SFC for sure. Jamie's been great helping me out. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like compete with fighters on the same week as his show because he's mm-hmm. you know they've helped me out with you know he's doing my lighting. He's uh. You know, anytime I'm needing advice or anything, he's been there. So I definitely need to stay away from when SFC is doing a show um, as best I can. Mm-hmm. I also need to avoid – you also kind of need to avoid, like, the holidays and college football. So that kind of cuts oh, almost yeah. half the year out. So you've kind of got, like, January through – like, I, I mean, I would I could do one in October or November, but, you know, Jamie's got a show then. Football season, it's not a big deal if you don't have a home game at Mississippi State or a home mm-hmm. game at Alabama. It's not as big of a deal. But still, I mean, people want to – your casual fan wants to stay home and what and, and around here. Yeah. They want to stay in and watch football that, that day a lot of times. So, um, if, they, if they've got a big game, if they're an Alabama fan and Alabama's got a night game, a lot of folks oh, are going to yeah. stay in with that from that. So, you're really only pulling from the fighters, friends, and family, which is your biggest selling point anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, that's – the biggest thing about promoting fights is it's the fighters who it's the people that know the fighter that are coming to watch the fights. Yeah. It's it's especially for me at this point as my first show. Nobody's coming just for the show really. You know what I mean? They don't people around here don't understand the value of the show yet mm-hmm. as a as a fan base. You know, you we're gonna have to instill that culture. Mm-hmm. Um by just consistently putting on amazing events that bring way more value than we're taking in from a ticket. So, um, you know, trying to like give them the most value that we can. And, and then you, you know, you'll slowly gain followers from doing that and marketing and people seeing you all the time. This first show, especially, mm-hmm. but even then your biggest selling point are the, your fighters, friends, friends and family yeah. that are coming to watch them fight, you know, putting the local guys on the show. So you're not really making that much from the MMA fans, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's definitely, I think, less that way, though, as you build. I mm-hmm. think you can build a fan base of your promotion. And, you know, they may become, a, like, a fan of me or, like, 
you know, the gym or something along the way. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'll, you'll get some of those people just because of how long I've been in the sport around here that are just, you know, yeah. former clients or whatever that's going to come. <clears throat> At least for the first few. Yeah. But if I don't keep, if you don't keep delivering value at the show where they're like, oh man, I, this is, it's not enough for people to like you in any business situation. So many people I think get into business or politics or whatever because like, oh, you know, a lot of people like me and that'll help you for a little while because I used to think that too. Oh, I've got enough friends and family. Like, like they're all going to support me when I open my gym and they're all going to come and get memberships because they're my friends and they're my family and they're going to be perfectly okay with paying every month because they're my friends and they're my family, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a fighter, you need to think about this too. But that's going to run out immediately. Most of the time, it'll never even happen. Yeah, I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, yeah, most of the time, most of the time, if your friends and family do come, you end up giving them like discounts mm-hmm. or whatever. If if they do become members, mm-hmm. um, or you give them a free membership, uh, and then most of the time, they still don't keep training mm-hmm. or you know whatever because it's just not they don't see the value in it. It's not for them, you yeah. know, or or whatever. Um, which I think it should be for everybody, but but they didn't see the value in it. That's yeah. the important thing. That's when people. That's when people stop doing anything. Is they they know they right at that moment they value something more than this you know that's how you prioritize your time. So, um, well, if they start wanting more and more, or, or <clears throat> I completely I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> what you're talking about the value of things? Yeah, like you were going on about. People lose interest because they. they oh right, 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 man, bro, that was trippy. Yeah, <laughs> um, like if you don't bring them any value, and that's mm-hmm. something that I had to learn in the gym business. Like it's like okay, like I, I've got to actually be on top of it, and like I've got to have be of the mindset like I'm going to bring as much value as I possibly can, and then it doesn't matter. And w- what I started seeing was like companies that would bring a whole lot of value to people would come under like fire over doing something messed up. And it's like it didn't affect the company at all, like in terms of sales. Like Walmart is one of the most atrocious places ever. Like it, it, like you should not want to go in there, but they bring so much value. Like they're the epitome of like a big national corporation that snuffs out the little guy. But because they bring people so much value, people don't care. Mm-hmm. If people like valued like your friendship in terms of giving you money, if people valued that – um, the mom and pop shops would have shut out Walmart years ago. It's just not the truth. Yeah. It's just not the facts. Like you, you have, may have a buddy that um, you know, sells camo or whatever. You know, but a lot of times when it comes time to buy a coat, folks are at Walmart. You yeah. know what I mean? Or they they're going to they're not necessarily coming to you. I, well, I think this. I think the show will bring value. I'm talking about oh, it's one hundred percent. I'm going to bring value. Yeah, I think, I mean, but it depends on how you. Like, do you attach it from that way? Because I've seen other promoters and other people in business. Most people in general are this way. They see things a lot of times from this perspective, what can I get out of the customer? Mm -hmm. What can I get out of the person that's buying the ticket? Then that's not the way to approach it because, for one thing, it's sleazy and it drives you to do unethical things. So... When you approach it from the perspective of how can I provide the most value, not how can I get the most from the customer, I can kind of start setting my own price for things. Mm-hmm. Because 
like I'm going to give you the value. It's sort of like if you're talking to somebody like, and you were to say, could you afford a $1,500 a month house? And people would be like, well, no, I couldn't afford that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, what if I was going to rent you a 47 bedroom mansion when you don't have to pay the power and water and all, and so you have like service, like maids and stuff for $1,500 a month. Would you take that deal? And everybody's like, yeah. Oh yeah. They figure it out. Yeah. You figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. $1,500 a month. It's not that much money. I'm going to have maids. I'm going to have a mansion. Yeah. I'm gonna figure, I'll figure out how to make, come mm -hmm. up with $1,500. Even though my budget was 800. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Cause you're bringing a lot of value. And right. that's the example of like when you're in the service business and you're selling a ticket to a show, I'm not of the mindset like I'm just going to come in there and put on a show and I'm going to like get these dudes to, to kind of fist fight each other and I'm going to see how much money I can suck out of everybody and then you're going to go home and I'm, I'm going to, you know, take right. the money. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to come at it from a perspective of like, like I want to give the most value I can so mm -hmm. they'll come back. Yeah. And then here okay. it's like, I want to give the most value I can so I can get them the, it'd be worth what you paid me. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's just a it's just a different it's just a different mindset I think that a lot of people miss. I think especially fight promoters. You know what I mean? Especially mm -hmm. fight promoters. Not all of them, like there's a lot of really great ones that do a great job, but I've, I've been to a lot of shows, not as much recently. But I remember going to shows where like it's in these dirty little warehouses and like, you know, they're like trying to like get everybody to pay a like they get everybody to pay a bunch of money they put it in this like crappy you know venue mm -hmm. they go out there there's no production which i mean if you don't have the money for production that's fine but like they put on like a couple like crappy fights and then i don't know it just feels like you're just trying to get money out of me you're not really trying yeah. to give me a a show you're not trying to give me something for my money well, that's what i was gonna say I, I think it's stacking up for you to be good because um the venue here is good there hadn't been a show yeah. here in a while no it hasn't and um you got several local fighters. I think I think it'll I think it'll be good. I mean, it's, that's another value thing for the fighters too. Like like as a promoter, like I want to mm -hmm. like I want to give them I I want to give the local guys around here a another venue, especially here in Columbus. You know, because I mean, most people that start fighting, like you're never gonna go to the UFC. Mm -hmm. Most most people. I mean, even even your top fairly high percentage of fighters like even if they do go they don't they don't stay they don't make you know you're probably not gonna become a super big name nationwide mm -hmm. but if you don't have a local show you can't even be a big name in your hometown right you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like you can't even like maximize where you live and so you know if, you, if the closest show is an hour away in tupelo the guys here they don't know what it's like to fight in front of a like really tupelo is our hometown crowd fight yeah almost like two, like SFC. That's why I almost try to put somebody on it every time if I can help it. Is because for us, for several years, that's been our hometown like fight. Yeah. That's, that's our hometown venue where we have hometown advantage. Except for oh yeah, everybody's had to travel for the past several years. You've yeah, thought, you've had to travel. Yeah. Right, at least an hour. Yeah, you know, except for hey, you know what? This time you're fighting to do it out of Tupelo, and it's still, but it still feels like our hometown right, fight. Yeah. Like okay, cool. You know, it's you know, it's just it's it's kind of kind of sucks for local fighters you know mm -hmm. I think, I, like i said i think it's uh i think it's setting up to be good it, to to be something good for columbus here for the fighters it's hadn't been here in a while sounds like we're doing a hype episode for the rfc uh, though yeah, we, hype course. episode rfc one hype hype if you ain't on it get tickets get at it
get tickets. This is not what I intended to talk about today, though. <laughs> I, insp- I like I just realized we've only been on for 27 minutes, and really the only thing that had really been on my mind for the past day, and I'm not trying to act like I was like I've been really thinking about this, but is that like um, how like it seems that the push for more is what makes mm-hmm. us human? Yeah, that was all I had planned for today. So we can talk about the we can talk about the the fight anyway. the rest of the time. Talk so cool, whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm. Uh, do you have? Do you plan to travel with it ever in the future, or do you want to keep it here? I've got a couple things. Oh, okay. That I've got on my head. That look, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, bro. Your boy Jake Reeves. I don't know if you got something from the talk I was just given about. Like I'm one of those people that I've got to like be pushing for more and planning for more. I've been this way since high school. If you think your boy Jake Reeves is start, starting a fight promotion because I want to just put a fight on at the Trotter once or twice a year for a couple of years and make a little bit extra money, that may be what happens. There's a really good possibility <laughs> that that's what happens. But if you think that's not all, that, that's all I'm thinking about, bro, uh, nah, you don't know me at all. You we ain't never even met. Like I don't. I'm not. I'm like. Before I make half steps, I'm thinking 10 miles down the road. It's one of my flaws, honestly, is I get I put the cart before the horse. If they made a movie cart before the horse, I'd be the star. <laughs> it'd be a it'd be a it'd be an autobiography and I'd star in it and it'd be about <laughs> carts being before horses. <laughs> and that'd be the premise of the whole show. Nice. Horses trying to push carts with their chest and stuff, and it just doesn't work. So sometimes it's a good idea to put the horse before the cart, and I. But I'm not one of those guys. I'm thinking. I'm thinking thirty, forty. Thing like, like, like in my. Head, I was joking about this with my wife last night. We went out to to dinner. Went to Old Hickory Steakhouse. It's actually really good too. And we did I've not have. There. You've never been there. Never. What? Really? Why? Never. I don't know. You grew up here for the most part. Yeah, I've never been. You've never been one time. Mm-mm. Why? I don't know. There's no reason. No. I need to go. So Old Hickory to me, them and the Lodge do their their steaks kind of taste similar to me, and I can't see it. How <laughs> Phil says I'd watch that movie, <laughs> that movie about carts and horses, the cart and horse movie. <laughs> Thanks, Phil John Lindell. That's our that's our homie Phil. He's basically become our like head kids class, our kid kids coach up here over the past. Uh, Teaching little killers. Yeah, he, he's pretty much the head, the, head, the main guy now. He's he's the he's the head honcho because I think a lot of it has to do with uh, he's the only person that'll do it. Oh yeah, because it's terrible. <laughs> I'm I, just kidding. It's not. Um, it's not. I didn't mean to cut you off talking about old Hickory. What your conversation with your wife? You talking about? Oh yeah. So the conversation I was having with my wife, you did. T- you I really know, took I'm, me I'm off. I'm sorry. You said I didn't never eat old Hickory, and you've. It has a big loop. It's been there forever. <laughs> but anyway, it's just it's kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Like I don't eat there very often, but like it it smells up all the forty five. It smells at night. amazing, yeah. I and mean, you've just never at any point just been like, let me go try that out. It's always so packed. It is always so. Which is one of the reasons we went there last yeah. night was there was no wait. We got right in and we we left. We went and watched the movie. We went and watched, uh, um, I want to say Shutter Island. What was it? Uh, the Lost City. Mm. I don't know where Shutter Island came from. A <laughs> very different movie. It was a romantic <laughs> comedy with uh, Channing Tatum, Brad Pitt, and Sandra Bullock. It was most certainly not that. But was it good though. Um. It, so I was in a, a certain mental state when I went. I still have not gotten to the point <laughs> of what I said to my wife. 
<laughs> I'm gonna tell that first. All right. So I told y'all, worst or best podcast ever. I said, baby, isn't it funny that I have not even put on my first like show yet? I've not completely matched my first card. I have done zero. I've had zero success in the fight business so far, and like. I'm already thinking I'm going to be the next Dana White. Like <laughs> within within like like a couple of weeks, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to be the next Dana White. That's good though. That's, you got to have vision. Uh, yeah, I, that's one thing I do have. Yeah. That's and I think that's what like when I was a kid, like. So I don't think that's a bad thing looking that far ahead like that. I, I've been a good one thing. I have been is I've always been a leader. Like I've always yeah. I've always led people. Like people. So like. Like I always had a, a little pack that uh, Phil says it's a lot of the dad factor. Yeah, facts. Um, a lot of like a lot of like my past, I've always had like a little pack that we were all doing something. You know what I mean? So it was it was always some like silly stuff. Mm -hmm. But like when I was a little kid, we had like a little spy club, and me and all my friends like we formed a club, and like I was the president of the club, and we were like gonna be spies when we were little kids. And then I got a little bit older, and, like, it was this thing or that thing. I always had a little hustle. Um, I was always, like, trying to talk my – like, I was always, like, like doing – like, always had something going. Something going, yeah. And then I started my little my little deal when I was in high school where we, like, did fight clubs and other activities. <laughs> and, like, that was our thing. You know, I was thinking all big, like, oh, that I'm going to be the next, you know, so-and-so. And then, like, got in the gym business. And for a lot of the gym business, I spent the first half of it thinking I was going to – well, the first year or two, I was just, like, staying above water with it, like, like wondering if I could even pay a bill with it, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. and not just come out of my pocket. But then I then within a couple years, though, I'm thinking, like, I want this big, huge location on 45, and then I want um, – and then after I do, do that, I'm going to start opening all these locations and all these – like satellite schools and i'm gonna i'm gonna own like 15 of them and they're gonna be super turnkey and then i just have my one gym at home and yada 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 and um thought i was gonna do like franchises so that's why i brought in the guys from um um check map from for, florida, from, yeah. from yeah from florida florida and from brazil mm -hmm. brought those guys up brought in a little joe from thailand to teach was because i was trying to see how turnkey would be to just use this farm of like check map black belts and Muay Thai guys to come in and teach and um, just have like a front desk office people run the place or whatever. Uh, it wasn't scalable at all. It was a horrible, horrible disaster. Um, you know, me and Robert, I would probably say uh, there was probably a hundred thousand dollars sunk in what? that experiment. Really? Yeah. Damn, I didn't know it went like that. Yeah. Probably all together, I would bet. Wow, I'll, I'll give Robert Robert Smilich that he uh, he was one of the guys that helped me with my gym back in the day, and uh, you know I, I'd heard like some some bad stories about like him and his family and stuff, mm -hmm. like his brother and this and that, but he never did me dirty. Right, he he was always super on the on the straight up. It wasn't like necessarily the the vision that I had. We didn't share the same vision for the school after a while, and so we had to part ways. But um, yeah, he was helping me out as a consultant and, and helped me out in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't work out. Yeah. And uh, we just 
pretty soon wanted different things and had different visions and and I just felt that doing my own thing with just a, with a with a more separated consultant. That's how me and Alan got involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got involved with combat business, but um, you know, like in everything that I do, I'm just thinking, you know, thinking what, I'm thinking so yeah, far ahead. Like I'm I said, thinking, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, it, I think it helps me. I think that it helps me get people to follow me. And the, what I mean by that is what I was saying earlier. And I don't mean this arrogantly. But people follow people that are going places. Mm-hmm. People follow people with vision. But it gives like, you a direction for yourself also. Exactly, yeah. because if you'll go with me, I'll take you somewhere yeah. better. If you'll go with me, we'll build together. Because everybody that works here, okay, anything that is going to be my success will be their success. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to make myself a, a millionaire and let the people around me be hungry. Mm-hmm. If you were here with me and you helped me build, like as I get more successful, if my YouTube channel blows up and next thing I'm the next like Logan Paul, it's not gonna obviously. I'm just saying like I, I'm already old, being famous, so I wouldn't be the next Logan Paul. <laughs> it didn't make sense, but you know, but I like, had a, had a YouTube channel like that that was making me a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not just gonna hire a bunch of new camera people and people to help me with podcasts. Right, yeah. Like Mo's got Mo Mo's going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're going. Like. Yep. I'm not. I'm not just gonna cut people out. You Thanks, know, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. You know, because like that's what a leader is. A leader is like, hey, y'all, follow me. We're gonna go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the question is, though, do I actually hold up my bargain to y'all if mm-hmm. y'all follow me? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. that's I think what makes you a good person or a bad person, and a good leader and a bad leader. You know. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it makes it really hard for me to get things done day to day. I get really bored with day-to-day tasks. I can't manage. I'm not a manager. I don't, I'm not going to check your work. Mm-hmm. Like, like I would rather, if, if I hire you as an employee and I have to go back behind you more than twice, you're done. And I haven't always been, I haven't been that way with all my customers. I'm oh, not customers. Clients, not clients. Employees, especially ones that were clients first. Mm-hmm. Like there's been times I've held on to stuff that just didn't make sense. They were good people, but they yeah. were, you know, they were clients first and I was already attached to them and yeah. didn't make the best judgment. But the thing about it is though, I, I have trouble. If I have to go about behind you, I'm not a very good boss because mm-hmm. I'm not good at that type of being a boss. Right. I'm not good at like managing your day to day. Like I'm good at like, this is the vision. It's sort of the difference between a CEO and a COO. Like, if you have a if you have a company and you have a CEO, a COO, and a CFO, like what this person's job is is the management of all day to day activities. He's the chief operations officer. Mm-hmm. He is the chief of operations, day to day operations. CFO that's the chief of like the numbers, the, you know, the accountants. Um, but the CEO's job, if you're a CEO, is like the vision. Is what like the the best people you can think of are like Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, um, people like that. Those guys are like visionaries. Mm-hmm. Like if you put Steve Jobs to work in a factory every day, like doing what actually make it takes to make an iPhone, he'd probably shoot himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He, he can't do it. He's just he's not that guy. You know, if you uh, if you were to put Elon Musk, you know. I think he's nerdy enough. He might do okay at the lower levels, and mm-hmm. I don't, but he's not the kind of guy that can come go into work and do the same thing every day. There are yeah. some people that can, some people that are designed for that, and there's nothing wrong with that being you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like you should be so excited if that's you. Like yep. that's who you are. That is amazing. Like, 
own that, dude. Like, that's who you are. You're happy with that, and you need that, like, you need that like I need the other. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't make anybody more or less, you know. There's a uh, there's a picture I've seen. You may have seen it before. <clears throat> That that kind of it it just explains those two things like and it's a uh, it's the difference between a boss and a leader yeah. and I think you may have seen it and it has got the boss sitting behind his whole mm-hmm. crew pointing and it's got the leader sitting at the front of his crew saying right. follow me right you know that's what comes to mind when I think about that right I get that because I don't think I could but don't get that confused with like if you have a company that makes spin tops and you've got 500 employees screwing the spin tops together and you're going out and acquiring a new business or you're go you know you're managing and you're in the office or whatever and you're doing something you're not screwing together spin tops don't think that that means leading is i'm going to go down there and spin together spin tops you know and put spin tops together because that's that would be stupid Mm -hmm. now you're not moving forward nobody's going to follow you you know what i mean like you can't you can't just stay in the same spot you know, you can lead by example for a, to a certain extent, but at a certain point, you know, you got to lead by doing more than what everybody else mm-hmm. is doing. You got doing the next thing, you know. Right. Yeah, that's why I was saying earlier. If, if you just keep doing the same thing, you get stagnant. Right. That's what. And that's and what you, I can't yeah, do. Yeah. I can't do it. You know, like I can do appointment setting here for a little while, but if I had to like come in and do appointment setting every day, mm-hmm. and most people I think can, can do it because I mean you're only doing like three four hours at a time. Like it's not that big of a deal. But just sitting behind a desk and doing that same routine every day, like I can do it for a few months. But after that, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start bucking. Yeah. Gonna start bucking, you know. Um, and not not having a good time. So having another project that I now I can work on moving two things forward at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, it uh, it definitely has helped my helped my anxiety a lot. It's helped my That's good. mental health quite a bit. You know. That's good. I'm glad it's coming together. I'm yeah. excited about it. I really am. I am too. I am too. Just got to. I really got to get Dan matched. That's the. That's the one. I can't believe that guy backed out. I didn't know that. I, I figured he was going to. Honestly, um, I say that like at first I didn't, but he didn't wasn't messaging me back for a couple weeks, and mm-hmm. um, I was like, look, man, I got to make a decision pretty soon. Like, so we got three out of the gym. Yeah. On them, nice. I actually might have Ty boxing on that one. He's really? looked pretty good this little bit he started. And I, I, there's another green guy that's been training about six months out of Tupelo. And um, they're the same weight. And I talked to him today about it. Oh, t- okay. The, the new guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This other guy's only been training about six months. By that point, you know, Ty will have not as many, like, obviously. I was thinking of other two or Ty that's been here. He ain't not been here in a while. He ain't been here in a while. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. you talking about little Ty. I was, yeah. I'm talking mm-hmm. about new Ty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we'll see. It's a boxing match though. Mm-hmm. It'll be straight boxing. I like all of boxing MMA. I like combat sports. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of cool with all of it. I'd much rather watch a good MMA fight than a good boxing match. But I'd rather, and I, yeah, I'd rather watch a bad MMA fight than a bad boxing match too. But I'd rather watch a good boxing match than a bad MMA fight. So yeah, you know, yeah, I like it all. There's that. I like it all. And I'd rather, I honestly would rather watch a, a, I think I'd rather watch a, a okay, just like on the line box. There's not much worse than a bad boxing match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of them can get tough. Like, uh, yeah. But a lot, I'd a lot <laughs> rather watch a good boxing match than a good jujitsu match. I ain't gonna lie. I'm not a big fan of watching jujitsu matches. Yeah. They, it doesn't have a lot of 
uh, spectator factor, which is I think why everybody wants like to pretend that um, striking is more important than it is in fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because striking looks cool. It's fun to watch. Oh yeah, you know I've what I mean. Like striking, like objectively, striking is a bet more fun spectacle to watch than grappling is. And I know, I know, I've, I'm into like combat jujitsu, and I mean, I may even do some competition jujitsu cards, um, tournaments, whatever. I'm just saying from a, a base objective stance, striking is more fun to watch, and. The embarrassing thing is, even as a black belt in jiu-jitsu, it's more fun for me to watch, too. I love watching it. Like somebody catching a straight right and dropping. What, but what would you rather watch? Striking. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I, I like jiu-jitsu, but the thing like about jiu-jitsu. jiu-jitsu is like a high-level jiu-jitsu match can become real slow. A low-level jiu-jitsu match can become real slow, too. That's what, yeah, so I mean. Like, really, it's only fun if you have a super high skill margin. Now it's that can be fun and striking too. The yeah. super high skill margin can be fun and striking too because you're just like pummeling a dude. That can be fun to watch. But like same thing in jujitsu. Like if you have a really wide skill margin, if you're like watching Gordon Ryan mm-hmm. wrestle like a, a construction worker named Greg who showed up that <laughs> afternoon, like it'd be some highlight shit. You know what I mean? Like it'd be that would be fun to watch. Like all right, yeah, yeah. Let's watch. Let's yeah. watch Greg wrestle Gordon Ryan for. For three rounds, that'd be fun. But I would, I'd watch that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'd get the pay per view for that. Yeah, like like this Saturday, Gordon Ryan prepares for his toughest test yet. <laughs> this guy named Greg that we met outside of a Seven Eleven. Greg claims that he's had over three hundred street fights and won all but one. And the one guy he lost to was a master in the death arts of Wing Chun Kung Fu. And you're just like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a great I'm one. I'm paying for it. Like this guy that, you know, loud mouth, like construction worker, you know, something that like thinks he's a badass and can take out Gordon mm-hmm. Ryan in a grappling match. Like, I'll wrestle him. You know, oh, man. That'd be great to watch. Not just because Gordon Ryan would destroy him, which I'm sorry, guys. If you're a, if that described you, I'm not dissing you. I'm just saying you can't <laughs> tap out Gordon Ryan. You know, now don't feel bad about that. So if you're if you're triggered by what I just said about you know being a redneck or whatever and thinking you can take Gordon Ryan, that triggered you. I also don't think I could take Gordon Ryan. I think I'd have about as much chance as you, probably less, because he'd know everything I was going to do. Just because he already knows all of my – you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But at least you'd probably do something you've never seen. So, hey, more power to you. Just saying, not that big of an insult. Yeah. It's like yeah, saying I'd rather you, watch you'd lose striking. a boxing match to Tyson in his prime. Like, yeah, you would. Sorry if you're watching this. If you're watching this right now, you would lose a boxing match to Tyson in his prime. In, in, in his prime. And you probably would probably now. lose to him now. Yeah, still, I'd say yeah. I'd say about a about a seventy to ninety nine percent chance any of y'all watching right now, other than maybe my friends that could possibly be watching that are pretty high level professional boxers, most of you would probably lose to him right now. So Yeah. And I probably would too. I don't think I could hang with him. It'd suck to take one of those. I don't think I could hang I could hang in a box in a boxing match with Tyson right now. No, not me. And I, I ain't even trying. I'm just gonna be real with you. I would probably do it. Um, I wouldn't be thrilled about fighting in, in him in an MMA fight right now. Mm-mm. And I definitely would not be thrilled with the idea of fighting him in a MMA fight 
in his prime because right. all right you know these guys like ty's a good example of this um they come in and they're just so athletic they're kind of just a problem on the ground anyway that dude is so strong okay think about how mike tyson would have felt he was athletic enough become the heavyweight champion of the world on based a lot on his athleticism and his mm -hmm. striking power okay um you've probably never met an a that good of an athlete yeah in anything like uh, straight athleticism you've probably never like they're so rare okay you don't think he's still going to be a problem to hold down on the ground you think just because he hasn't trained jujitsu that level of athleticism you don't think he's going to mm -hmm. be a problem to take down oh yeah I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying you don't think he's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's going to be tough. If you're good enough to be in the UFC, especially heavyweight, I agree. And even higher level heavyweight, light heavyweight, like, okay, you guys get a pass. I'm not talking to y'all because we might have some of those guys watching. Definitely not. I'm talking about, like, average MMA fight, like local MMA fighter. Probably not taking him in an MMA fight, even a heavyweight. Not happening. No. Not happening. Most – most BJJ black belts, unless they're at least my size, like oh, like little bitty ones, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say up to 150, 160 pounds. Yeah, because he's still in great shape. I'm saying in his prime, even then. Yeah, I think right now, yeah, he'd probably he lose to most of them. Now, I mean, he's in his like what was he late fifties, right? I mean, your man's got some got some wrinkles on on the chin. Yeah, he's he's on up there. I ain't saying I could take him because I couldn't. I but, still wouldn't want to take one of those uppercuts. No, nah, I, I, I believe in an MMA fight at this point in his life. I believe I could handle it. But I most certainly would not fight him. No, I would. I'm sorry. He's 55. What I say? Mid-50s or late-50s? I think I said mid-late-50s, right? Okay, yeah. Mike Tyson's 55 years old. Um, I still think, though, um, in a boxing match, I'd, I'd fight him. I would fight him if given the opportunity, for mm -hmm. sure. But in a boxing match, he definitely, I believe he'd still definitely work me. Without a doubt, no, not even definitely. I'd say without a doubt, you know. And I and I think I'm a pretty decent boxer. Mm -hmm. Like for an MMA guy, I think I'm a pretty decent boxer. He's um, still real fast. I mean, he just there's a, there's a whole nother level. I mean, yeah. he'd be better than me in at everything, and even in his age, I think our athletic athleticisms would be probably similar, if not him still have being more athletic than me, like mobility and and strength wise. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not very tall though. I mean, he's not that short either. He's is like five eleven. Oh, is he? I thought he was shorter. Five ten, five eleven. He's he's not. Look that up, Mo. How how tall is Mike Tyson? Uh, he's five ten, I believe. Five, definitely no shorter than five nine. Mike, five ten. Damn, I thought I thought he was smaller than that. No, nah, he just looks that small because he's fighting big heavyweights in boxing. I mean, think about it. like I mean they weren't, but like how, like George Foreman was like six four. Yeah. You know, how tall is George Foreman? Oh, go back. There it is. So, yeah, 6'4". So, like, you got these guys who would have been monsters, and that's before his time even. And, I mean, the heavyweights now are, you know, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, mm -hmm. the, the ones that are winning the championships, you know, the Tyson Fury, like Tyson, Anthony yeah, Joshua's, Deontay Wilders. That's one of the big factors you're seeing Um. You know Tyson Fury, how how tall is he? Six foot nine. Golly, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what you're seeing at the really high le high level heavyweights in boxing. You're seeing them; they're becoming really long. They're mm -hmm. starting; to, they're getting taller. Like 
now our champ, the champions, six nine. Anthony Josh, I think, was like six seven. Deontay Wilder's like six eight. Like the champions, and you know, Oruez had to go in there and you know mm-hmm. let them know the little short guys still got still in it. But you know, that's that's the that seems to be the key. But Tyson was an inside fighter, and yeah, he's five ten. But next to these behemoths that he's getting on the inside of, and just. You know, mm-hmm. I look like I didn't know how to throw a punch when I did that just then. I, <laughs> I realized that was a very, like, you don't actually know how to fight, but, like, my elbows are up so high because of the couch. Look, guys, I just don't want y'all to judge me for my hook just then, okay? Challenge him, Greg. Uh, <laughs> let's go, Greg. Grab a match in the, at, the do, at the dojo, at the relentless dojo next Saturday. We'll get it, boy. Um, I'll oh, let yeah. you start on top. <laughs> yeah. That didn't sound right. But I'm gonna finish on top. Uh, I had to just take it over a little bit, take it a little further. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's, all, that's it. I don't know. I saw. I forgot what you were talking about. Oh yeah, Tyson what, being short. Yeah, we we'll started. Would you rather watch striking or? Yeah, I'd much rather. Watch oh man, striking. watching a heavyweight like Tyson, dude, like Tyson in his prime, like that was oh, when man. boxing was fun to watch. Man, go back and watch Tyson's first couple heavyweight title fights, dude. Like. That was when boxing was mm-hmm. fun to watch. Like, he was a little pit bull in there trying to rip your head off, you know. It was – It was. Um, are you pulling that up? Yes. I don't know that that's going to be the – The. I mean, you could, put, you could do just a uh, – Yeah, just, just click on a, on a highlight. It's fine. Daddy. We'll let y'all watch watch the, some of that while we're while we're talking. But yeah, that at that time, something's changing. Yeah, that was when oh, heavyweight yeah. boxing was just like, and that's and that's kind of when heavyweight boxing died. Actually. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Then it took a downward, but it's coming back though. Yeah, it seems like it. Seems like it is coming back. But after 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 that era, that was kind of like the kind of like the pinnacle, I guess. You know, I would say the I would say the golden era, the, the greatest era. Is that is that actually up on our screen now? Yeah, so I'd say like the greatest era is is the, probably the, the Ali era, but this is a close second, you know, because like pre Ali, a lot of a lot of uh, boxing was televised. It was just like over the radio and stuff, and I don't think boxing would be a fun sport to listen to. You know what I mean? So it wasn't until boxing became televised that that that's when the, the golden age really started. They were probably the best fights probably before that. Then the, but then if that's when it became mainstream and like really had money in it, that it would be difficult to listen to. Listen yeah, to good yeah. he, he lands a jab. Oh, oh and the Tyson, he comes over the overhand right, buying clashes with with Liston uh, on his chin. He he comes back, he double jabs, he double jabs. Oh, he throws the cross, he throws the jab, jab, yeah. jab, cross. And you're just like, what? What are you talking about? Are you an auctioneer? Yeah, that right there. Just, Movement. Yeah, it's like you couldn't hit him. And then just put you. It's like the it was it's like the movement of of uh, Mayweather with the knockout power of Deontay Wilder. You know, that's what it that's what it looks like. I mean, it was a different style of head movement. You know, Mayweather's definitely not like that inside fighter, like kind of kind of fighter. But um, it was perfect. It was a perfect style of head movement type of fighting for his build in the heavyweight division. Like he was he was trained to fight exactly the way his body was meant to to fight. Yeah. 
You know, his trainer knew knew what he was doing, or that's just how Tyson wanted to fight. It could have been luck. Because you have you have some people that um, should be inside fighters in, in boxing or in, in, in this martial arts. They should fight more like an inside fighter, which is like a lot of head movement. Mm-hmm. They you know rounding their punches and closing distance with them to come in, not trying to just jab in and 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 you know work that that stagnant jab and you're like you need to be an inside fighter you need to fight this way but they just naturally want to be an outside fighter mm-hmm. they naturally want to just fight behind that jab and um you you used to kind of be this way too i think because you were just like kind of working with me a lot of the time and you were kind of doing stand-up like i did stand up and like you need would need to be an inside fighter mm-hmm. like you're not an outside fighter yeah um you take a lot of damage trying to get inside too right, if you don't have good head movement right and, and so you that's a skill set of that that needs to be like the if you were in a box that would be need to be like what your whole game was centered around is using rounded punches and head movement getting inside like if like you, if you can't do that you're not gonna be able to go pro like i would i would definitely you mm-hmm. know that's that's sort of the center of your whole what you would need to be fighting like and yeah, um, you take a lot of damage trying to get inside right right and that's exactly what tyson did he he, he had that no, this it's turned into a tight Mike Tyson jock riding se- session. I like Mike Tyson, but uh, I do too, man. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't care. Mike Tyson, come on our show, our show, bro. I think we. I think I'm, I'm gonna get him scheduled probably soon. It'll be on soon. Yeah, me and Tyson. You know, we got some. We got some mutual friends. Well, really, like I have a friend and that has a friend that has a friend that has a friend that has a friend that met Mike Tyson once. So, I mean, that could work out though. I'm pretty sure we're gonna get him on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. I think it's gonna. Happen. We got a pretty big budget podcast here, man. It does kind of look like it's a big budget podcast, really. Like, I think it's for a podcast. I think we look cool. I think we got. You know, I'm not saying like we're not like big name podcast looking cool, but we're we're looking pretty cool. Oh yeah, like we got the we got a background now. We got a green screen with a background. Our visions are coming out though, man. Because when we started in that room out there, we said we'll get there. Secrets they thought you were in another room. Shut up, Mo. (laughs) Uh, What'd you say? I said we've got there. When we started talking about back there, said we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there now, Luga. Vision quest, dog. And we still got vision. Yep. So we started in the back room. Now we're here. We were on the casting couch for a little while. Then we came out here. You know, we here doing everything we said we was gonna do. We here. We said we was gonna have it on the on a video, like where we could see it. Yep. Where we could pull up videos, did all that. Boom. I do. I like. I like the one thing I do regret. I wish instead of couches, I had done desks. It ain't too late though. Even though I dropped oh, like no. several hundred dollars on the setup, um, it's not too late. I think we. Might, I may make that transition because I like. I like the desk setup better. Like you kind of like can see each other, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, just my preference. You got something in front of you. You talking about like similar to how you had it before we got these with those white? Kind of sort of like yeah. that a little bit, yeah. Okay, yeah, kind of like that setup. Nice. I don't know. I, I like I, I like this too, but this is like I don't know. I like I like having something in front of me. Yeah. I can't I can't explain why. No, I get it. I, I get it. But I just like it better. Maybe yeah. more professional. I feel like we're on a a talk show on these couches. Like we're gonna do the Ellen DeGeneres thing. It's kind of what it. It's kind of the vibe. You know what I mean? Instead of like, yeah, I like I like, I like MSNBC, the desk. MSNBC. I don't know. I like the desk. Uh, like yeah. you're talking about. I get that. Yeah, but we did everything we said we were gonna do. We uh, we you know you just kind of keep throwing money at it and saying you're gonna do it, and that's what we've done because yeah, it's not really like the podcast has become so profitable. I just keep putting my money into it, mm-hmm. you know. 
So it's uh it's gonna it's, it's gonna get there though. Yeah. I'm just okay if it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. like if like I'm okay if this one like as long as I get something that does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I need some like something will take off and not necessarily you know blow us up because honestly it might not even be fun to be a famous mm-hmm. podcast like personality. Um, like what do you even do with that other than just do the podcast? Yeah. Podcast, probably come know? like a lot of rules and regulations. Yeah, and then you you for a certain point you'll cap out with that too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Joe Rogan didn't, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But if it doesn't, I still got to hang out with my boys. Oh, yeah. Still got to shoot the shit a little bit. That's really all we're doing. Yeah. Just kind of hanging out, shooting the shit. Because this is what kind of shit, like, this is the kind of shit, by and large, that I talk about when I'm not on the podcast. Yeah. It's not like I'm coming up with content to come on the podcast and talk about. This is just kind of like, well, my, like, not always, but this is kind of just what my conversation mm-hmm. usually leads to is this kind of yeah. dialogue when we sit and talk. Yeah. That's what makes it easy is because it's like, it would, it's just natural. It comes natural because, like I say, we talk about it a lot, stuff like this. Yeah, I didn't mean to bust up. What the heck, Wes? Man, My get bad. it together, dude. My bad. Get it My together. Bad. Hey, Mo, I meant to tell you before the podcast started, and we're going to wrap this up soon. But uh, I got you a little holder for that microphone, so you don't have to just lay it on the <laughs> desk. He's got a microphone, and we had a microphone stand. It let it break. That's why he's got to pick it up. The desk is, uh, it collapses from the weight. Ooh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, but I've got a little thing for you to stick it in. No homo. No homo. <laughs> what do you guys say about that, Mo? Nothing. I got nothing to say. All right. So, um, also, Mark Romano has got his, uh, his event coming up, mm. and he is our sponsor. So... Hit up Mark Romano on Facebook about tickets to his um, personal improvement and relationship seminar. Um, I, I'm actually kind of, I think that's going to be a lot of fun, kind of, because Mark is like one of these guys. Like, I'm curious. I've only had him as a podcast guest. Yeah, business seminar. Here, bring that flyer here, Mo. Back now, business seminar, wealth, relationship, success. Tickets are $200 a seat. There's less than 10 seats available now. Lunch is included, um, and that is July 23rd. So hit up him about tickets. Like, I'm curious because I've had him as a podcast guest, but I've never been to one of his actual events before. He's had several. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I know how he, like it, we just always go back to the same topics on, like of game, and I'm wondering if the seminar will be the same. Like, it, it'll be a lot of fun if it is. Yeah. Like, it, it'll just be like – him teaching the crowd and i think there's going to be like his topics and like a seminar i guess if you're paying to go talk hear him that you probably already somewhat agree but i don't know if that's going to be the case and i really hope there's going to be somebody there that like disagrees with him and it becomes like a thing like i'm sorry mark i hope i know that's not probably how you want to see it go but i think that'd be hilarious just listening to mark and her like banter or i'm i'm just assuming it'll be a woman i don't i don't know but that's just my assumption i'm just envisioning like a karen um not there's just more of y'all that are that way let's okay let's be honest ladies there's i'm not saying there aren't dudes that are that way there definitely are mm-hmm. it's just a few more of it's a little bit more y'all um slightly just drop it it's fine 
I can just I can just feel it. You know, we, like, we only got like two people live right now. Somebody's so. burning eyes in you. Yeah. Um. But anyways, if it's the, if that's what happens, it'll be worth the price of admission, a thousand percent. That's in where is that at? That's now? in Tupelo. In Tupelo. Yeah. At hotel. Hotel Tupelo. That's what I thought. I think I'd be able to remember that pretty easily. Yeah, it's Hotel Tupelo in Tupelo. Um and it's I think I think it'll I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be great. Yeah. I think it's I think it's gonna be uh one way or another. And I'm having I'm not getting to go to my tribe retreat this year because mm. it's this coming weekend. Oh, it? It's twice yeah, they do a tribe retreat twice a twice a year and, and I can't describe to you like how nice it is just to be out and about out of your hometown, A, and then B, with other people, with just a room full of other people that are kind of just like you. Mm -hmm. But I had never experienced it before I joined Tribe because I'd been to other like martial arts, like growth type stuff, and it was a lot of like, um, like paid trials and like karate schools, like a lot of, like a really heavy karate like culture in mm -hmm. those like a lot of like after school programs and stuff like that. And there are some people in tribe that have those, but like almost everybody in tribe is like a high level jujitsu person an MMA school owner, a Muay Thai school owner, you know, it's like a lot of different, but it's, and, but they're all like, they were all fighters mm -hmm. or like world-class jujitsu competitors. That's pretty neat. So like, not only that, you have that in common that you, you know, your love for like training martial arts, but, um, not everybody. Most most guys have that background. Um, but also, you're like they're hustlers trying to be super high level jujitsu and mm -hmm. school owners. So it's like, such it's almost like a, such a such a niche market because you know you're looking for like that combination, which is really rare, can be really rare. I feel like in the martial arts scene, yeah. You know, a lot of your gruff guys, they're like, I don't want to make any money with my gym. You know, I I'm just want to be here and, and teach my my five, my five ten fighters and you know like, but they'll they'll complain they can barely pay their bills. And I then thought, you get I, way I on was, the other uh, side where like they're watering it down so they can sell more memberships. Yeah, and okay. teaching like b bullshit you know taekwondo katas and breaking little flimsy boards and telling <laughs> kids that they're black belts and masters in fighting, uh, when they've never like yeah. been fought one time in your gym, um. Anyway, then you got that the other end of it, you know, and that's the yeah. other side of it. And there's like to have somebody that's both is. I know. was under the impression it was just gym owners. So all these gyms and tribe are martial arts. Yeah, gyms. they're all uh, MMA okay. and jiu-jitsu schools. Okay. Yeah. Where's the where where they where's the retreat at? Fort Walton Beach. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's in. It's always in places that are cool. It's like either New Orleans. Um, Dallas, um, they used to do like uh, Destin, mm -hmm. not Destin, yeah, Destin, yeah, okay, Destin a couple times, New, New Orleans a couple times. That's, that's the thing. That's the two most common: was New Orleans and Destin. Um, you went you went San Francisco to one too. Was that where you? Yeah, went in San yeah. Francisco. Yeah. yeah, but that we only went to San Francisco once. So oh, there's, okay. there's been some other places we've been once or twice, but that's I think those are probably the most common. Um, even though I've only been to Destin once. Was it Destin? That sounds mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I think it, I think it was. I'm just really struggling. That'd be Destin. Destin is where you don't actually have the beach. You have to like take the ferry to the beach. I don't know. I've never been. To oh, Destin. okay. Well, anyway, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, 
but yeah, that's so like I'm not getting to go to that, and it's such like a like a mental like like reset mm -hmm. to get you back into that like like you come back from that and you're just like you're ready to go, you're in hustle mode, you've got like all these big ideas, um, and it's kind of like a like it gives you that it helps you get that vision for the next step of the future, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And um, not getting to go, so I'm hoping in June I get a little bit of that at yeah, March. Thing. We'll see. Um, I think it'll be good. I like Mark. I do too. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Mississippi Superman Show. Um, that's where we go live with the podcast every Saturday at 4, most of the time, not last week, but every Saturday at 4 p.m. Uh, come on, check it out. We'll see you all in the next episode. Peace. Peace. I started kind of trying to think about winding it down when I saw it was getting close to an hour. That looks shitty. Mine's like that too. I need to get me another one. Yeah, it's not looking great. It, it starts like folding in right here and looking kind of like on these. It kind of looks shitty quicker than I think other hats do. I think I've just sweated mine too much and now it's like stained. It's like turned color. Oh, mine's done that too. Yours is worse than mine yeah. for sure. In the sun too, brother. Yeah. Oh boy. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I thought um, that was all right. I thought it was all right. I was, uh, I was quite inebriated at first. <laughs> mm, through most of it, it be like that sometimes. Most of though. It. Yeah, it does be like that. It do be like that. It do. They don't think it be like it is. But it do. Shit. Sure do. But it do. But it do. What's that shit? I was trying to think of it when, when we were talking about striking, but I, I didn't want to derail that. What's that shit where they fight but you can't punch in the face? <coughs> That's it, yeah. Yeah. That shit's pretty hardcore, though. That's what, oh, that's what I was going to say. Man, them fuckers hit real hard. But they can kick in the head, can't they? They can kick and knee to the head. But you just can't punch the head. You can't punch the head. Yeah. Why? I'm thinking it's like a damage thing. Like, Because they'll turn around and do a fucking like, like, reverse spin and wheel kick and knock motherfuckers out. Yeah, I think they're trying to avoid like a whole lot of like damage to the head, but like one kick getting knocked out. So, you know, not as big as I don't know. But you can punch, and it's bare knuckle most of the time. Yeah, and they take some shit to the body that yeah, looks like it hurts. Yeah, they hurt their knuckles up real good, which I don't like. I don't like. Like, it does change the game a little bit of, like, how but the type of hardness your knuckles need to be, I think, from punching the body and you're, like, hitting fabric a lot. And, like, versus, like, when you punch somebody, like, in the hard skull of the head. I don't I don't think those things are necessarily the same thing. You know, like, I think mm -hmm. it's like the way they do it, it toughens your skin up more, but it only, like, sets the, mm -hmm. it, like, sets the bone you know, for like that bone on bone contact. Actually, I don't know that any, I don't know that any amount of body hardening does. I, they just like arguing on that. I can't believe Dan's guy backed up. There it is, the casting couch. Hell yeah. Yeah, fuck that dude. I know, after you got the tickets with him on it and everything, fuck him. I mean, in his defense, uh, he had not sent the contract back. Mm. I mean, but he had told me he was going to do it. He was just like, I was like, all right, bet. I need to go ahead and get stuff because it's main event. I'm trying to match it early, you know, so I can get the uh, all the, the stuff made, like the yeah. tickets and the posters and everything. Because if I can just if I if I don't have anybody on the on the poster with y'all, like it's kind of okay, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. Damn. So Dan ain't, ain't got an opponent. I've, been searching high and low for an opponent too. I ain't found no 
got one guy that's fighting on the 31st, and he says he's going to see how he feels after that fight. They might take it. But if he don't want it, or that's that means I won't know by him until the 31st. Yeah. So I got to keep looking for somebody in the meantime. Damn. Just not a lot of 135ers down here, honestly. Yeah. And, like, people are so used to, like, people treat matchmakers almost like telemarketers that you need to talk to a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, they're okay. Like, they don't think anything about, like, not responding to your messages or mm. missing your calls and not giving you any explanation for days at a time. Like, like they don't care. Like, they, they, they do that shit to almost everybody does that, honestly. There's been a, there's a few, uh, what are you doing? There's been a few that aren't that way, but for the most part, they're all kind of shitty. But I've been guilty of that too, so I can't really like, <laughs> can't really be too mad because I've done that too, several, and, several times. And nobody's hit you back about boxing, Alan. Nope. Forget doing me. Which I haven't even I haven't reached out to that many people on that 